Welcome everyone. This is your host Juan Marquez to Rooted Faith Podcast. What an honor to connect with all of you again. If this is your first time, welcome. I want to greet you. If you are a frequent listener, well, welcome back. Appreciate you tuning in today. Uh, it's a very good uh, podcast we have today, and I'm just excited that the Lord has placed something in my spirit that I would love to share with you guys all today. As we are accustomed to do at the Rooted Faith podcast, um, we use a rooted word, which is the word that we're going to concentrate on today. It's the word that we're going to really hone in. And here at Rooted Faith podcast, we want to speak a specific word, a specific word that's a seed in your life. That would help you solidify your relationship with God, create roots that will go deep into God's word and God's purpose. And those roots will be built in faith that will give up a tree with fruits that you can enjoy for your family and your generations to come. And that uh, that rooted word today is the word cut, C-U-T. And we're going to talk today about a godly cut, a godly cut. You know, there's a... Uh, there's a big difference between a scrape and a cut. Uh, when you get scraped or you get scratched, it catches your attention, right? You're walking somewhere and all of a sudden you just get scratched and it, it kind of catches your attention a bit. You you feel like, wait a minute, what happened? Um, but it's nothing major, right? It's just a scratch. At, at best, you may need a little bit of Vaseline, some Neosporin, a Band-Aid, and you're good to go. It's nothing that's going to stop you, anything that's going to take you out of where you were going. But if you experience a cut, especially a deep cut, anything that's more than two to three inches, it's a whole different experience, right? The pain, what you're doing, all of a sudden, everything that you have going just automatically stops and you have to focus on that cut. So I want to talk about self-induced cuts. I think at times us as human beings, we we induce, we self-induce cuts in our lives. Um, and those self-induced cuts can be, as I said before, it could be an accident, right? When you walk by something and you got scraped. Um, but it can also be intentional, right? And I'm not talking just on the physical aspect, which we know that's something that happens, but on the spiritual sense. Right. We intentionally at times cut ourselves away from people. Right. We play these mind games where we're like, well, uh, let me see if I really matter to people. Let me see if I really am important to people. I'm not going to, uh, you know, reach out to anyone for a long period of time. I'm going to change my Facebook profile. I'm going to stop going to, to church regularly. And we cut ourselves away from people for attention to see if we matter. And what happens is that what started as a test to see who cares, um, you start feeling like, wow, no one's reached out to me. I guess I don't care. I guess I don't matter. And what was supposed to be something just as a test or temporary becomes a season of bitterness, anger, and resentment. And we have intentionally cut ourselves from relationships, intentionally cut ourselves from surrounding ourselves with godly people. And it's just strategies or mind games sometimes that we play that really allow us to fall into seasons of hurt. 
But today I want to talk specifically about a godly cut. Uh, because when God wants to cut you, it's about depth and not length. When God is in the business of preparing to cut you, to operate you, to do something different in you, he's interested in the depth of the cut. How deep can I go in? How deep will they allow me to get in? And different than the self-induced cuts, right? God's cuts are scheduled, right? It's like a doctor's appointment, like an operation. When you're going to go in to an operation, they are scheduled. And there's something different about those cuts, right? When you go into an operating room overall and you have a scheduled surgery and you have a scheduled appointment, many times we don't schedule spiritual appointments with God. And we don't schedule them for an extended period of time that would allow him to operate freely in our lives. But there's something different when you go to a scheduled surgery, right? Um, The room is clean, it's sanitized. The instruments are already nice little plastic bags, never been used before. Um, The person who is going to be in charge is a proven professional. He has been through surgeries. He's done surgeries before. And the Bible tells us that Jesus took away all of our sins, took away all of our sickness, took away all of our infirmities, and he beat them. He conquered them at the cross. So how how awesome it is to understand that the gentleman, the Godhead, Jesus himself, the master surgeon has been proven for any sickness or any pain that you may be going through, he has proven himself worthy enough and certified enough to be able to operate in those special areas in our lives that we need. And there's also another important element of a planned cut. There's this thing called anesthesia. And you know, I might've said that wrong, but you guys understand what I'm, you, you understand what I'm trying to say, right? And it's basically, they give that to you to kind of calm you down, count down, and really just to fall asleep. So like that, you cannot feel the effects of what's going to happen, the pain that's going to happen. And for your body to actually relax and for your body to go into a state of relaxation where it's going to be able to heal quicker and everything is going to be more calm. And our anesthesia that God provides for us is the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus says, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to bring, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to help you. He's going to guide you with comfort. One of the um, descriptions of the Holy Spirit is that he is our comforter. He walks with us. He calms us down. He is our peace upon our lives. And after you wake up from surgery, there's a recovery room right? And there's a period of recovery. There's a period of, of being, of rehabbing, um, whatever surgery you're going through and you're not in this alone. You know, the enemy wants to tell you that you're in this alone, but Jesus is going to operate when he wants to cut you. He's going to, he's a professional. He's going to allow you and sleep you and calm you down with the Holy spirit, but there's going to be others around you in your recovery. 
that are going to surround you, that are going to support you while you get back to health. You have your local church, you have your local leaders that are going to be there, surround yourself. It takes a village, right? You can't do it on your own. No one did it on on their own. I, I dare to say that even Jesus on his way to the cross the, the Bible says that, that he couldn't carry the cross and someone had to come in to help him carry the cross. Not because he wasn't strong enough. There was a principle that we all need help to be carried to get to the point where we want to be. Now, I can tell you right now, I feel that at times God is saying that people are satisfied with just being scraped with his presence, right? Um, Moses when, when he said he, he had this desire in his heart to be able to see God and to see his glory and to see his glory. And God said, listen, you, no man can see my glory and live. At best, I'm going to hide you in a rock. And as I'm passing by, you can see my back. And that would be sufficient enough, right? I can scrape you with my presence. I, I I can't see you face to face, but I'm going to scrape you with my presence, presence overall. But God is saying, I just don't want to scrape you with my presence anymore. I want to be able to cut and remove things in your life and replace it with my will. And you may be asking yourself, well, what is God's will? What is God's will for my life? Well, Jeremiah 29, 11 God wants to take away things in your life and he wants to put in Jeremiah 29, 11 in the space that's left over and the cavity that's left over. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to bless you, plans to give you a better tomorrow. And that's what God wants to replace in your life. He wants to replace the essence of his presence. So you can live with him on a daily basis and you can use that will to make decisions in your life. Now, I know I mentioned what are what are these you said you mentioned scrapes of his presence. What what is a scrape of God's presence? What is just like I explained before, it's just a scrape, right? It's something that just happens, but there isn't a, a, a deep impact overall. And many times scrapes of God's presence is when we only do corporate worship, when the only worship and praise that you're giving God is collectively. Now, tell me, I'll be the I'm the last guy that wants to praise and worship on my own. I love it. But there's nothing like a corporal praise and worship coming together with my brothers and sister and you know, raising our hands and worship and praising God. Uh, I mean, throughout this pandemic, there were there were months where we weren't able to meet. But we were finally be able to get back into the house all together, social distancing and mask and all of this. But just the corporate worship was just so exciting for me, at least for me to be able to be back at church with my brothers and sisters, raising our hands and raising our voice to Christ. Right. But only corporate worship and praise is just a scrape of his presence when we only do a corporate fast. Like right now we're in a 21 day fast and that's something that a lot of churches are doing, but it cannot be just a corporate fast. It cannot just be a corporate prayer. You can't just depend on the multitude and do it when everyone else is doing. God doesn't want you to just have a scrape of his presence. He wants you to get cut. He wants you to be cut 
and be able to feel the manifestation of his presence. Because these scrapings of his presence will show you aspects of his majesty, but it will not show you the aspect of his character of what he wants to do with you. You'll, you'll be seen, right? If there's a scrape, somebody can notice it and see it in you, but very few individuals have access to your cuts. Very few individuals know the story of your scars, the story behind it. And God just doesn't want you to have a scrape of his presence. God wants the cut. Because God is just more than praise. God is more than worship. God is more than tithing. God is more than giving. God is more than fellowship. He is majestic. He is greater. And God is telling us today, I am in search of a deep cut bride, not a long scraped bride. A deep cut bride. What does that mean? A bride that is willing to schedule time to be in God's operating room. A bride that is willing to go through the process of removal so that his will and that his presence can be built in their lives so they can live a fruitful and abundant life. That's what God is looking. I'm not just looking for the scrapes of my presence in your life. I'm not just looking for you just to go to church. I want you to be the church. I don't just want you to worship me at church or when you're with someone. I want you to have a worship lifestyle. In the Bible, we have the story of Job and we can see a godly cut in the story of Job like never before. Because Job... At the beginning of the story, the story, Job went from being scraped to being cut. <laughs> um, if you study the, the book of Job, uh, you'll notice that after he had lost his family and lost his wealth and lost everything, he got very sick and there was boils over his skin. And the Bible says that Job had to scrape himself with pieces of clay from a jar to soothe his pain. So he was scraping himself to soothe the pain that he had, the itchiness that he had in his body. But in Job's trial, we see a transition from being scraped to being cut. See, Job is introduced to us at the beginning as a righteous man, and he was a righteous man. God himself talks to Lucifer at the beginning of Job and says, have you not considered my servant Job who's righteous in all his ways and does no wrong? God introduced Job to the story and put him out there, right? But we can see now Job getting scraped, but God wants to take him to a cut. He just doesn't want Job to stay in the scraping of his presence. And I'm going to explain what that means. Job says, once he goes through his entire process, he goes from hearing, I have heard you. See, I have heard of who you are. I have heard the testimonies of my ancestors. I have heard testimonies of other, and I've been faithful to you because of what I heard someone else say. And that was just enough for me because I had this image of who you were based on what I heard. That's scrape talk. I have heard, therefore I have believed. 
but he doesn't stay there. Here's where the transition is. He says, but now my eyes have seen you. Cut talk. See, he went from hearing, which is an external, I don't know who you are, I haven't met you, I haven't seen you, but I've heard from you. So that's external. There's no relationship. There's no conversation. But now he says, but now my eyes have seen you. That is cut talk. Now I've had a relationship with you. Now I know who you really are because I can see who you are. Now, where did this happen? Very simple. What does God's cuts happen? In his operation room called trials. When a trial comes to you, it's God opening the door to his operation room to cut you deep. Now, there's several ways that God goes through his process of cutting you. God cuts you with questions through prayers. God starts to talk with Job. And he starts to question Job because Job for many chapters prior to that has had had has justified himself. And I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I'm great. And I've served you and I've given you everything. I have not denied you. And he just started justifying himself. Scrape, scrape talk, right? All that scrape talking up to, to the surface. So God starts having a conversation. And when you pray with God. That's all it really is. It's just a conversation. So that's how God starts cutting. He starts diagnostic, right? When you go to the doctor, the first thing they say, well, how are you feeling? Well, okay, why are you in here for? Have you experienced a fever? Is your head hurt? What's your pain level? They start asking all these diagnostic questions. God does the same thing through prayer. The next thing that God does, he cuts you with confrontation. I love this. I rejoice myself. I spoke with my wife about this uh, when she came home and, and I was just excited about the, the this conversation that happens in, in Job chapter 38, 3. And God cuts you with confrontation. This is how God confronts Job, man. And this is was so awesome to me. You kind of have to read it with a bit of attitude, right? You got to add some attitude with it because God is God is coming at coming at Job hard. He he, he tells Job in chapter 38, verse three. Now prepare yourself like a man. Oof. <laughs> I will question you and you shall answer me. And God goes on to say, where were you when I hung the stars in the heavens and placed the foundations of the earth? And for the next chapter and a half, God just goes off on Job. He says, where were you when I put the limits to the sea? And where were you when I created this? And where were you when I told the dust to stop? And where were you when they're like, can you command the seas? Can you command the waves? Can you command the air? Can you command the animals? And God just starts, where were you? And Job really has nothing else to say. He's being cut. Because God wants to cut you with a purpose in mind. See, with God wants to cut you and confront you and remove things with you, he has two purposes. He has two intentions to do so. Number one, he wants to rehab you. He wants to make you stronger. Job's relationship with God was stronger after the cut. 
I mentioned that before. I have heard of you, but now I can see you. Now we have relationship. God wants to make you stronger. There's something inside of you that's eating you, bitterness, resentment, and you have to be able to allow God to get in there and cut you and fill you with love and fill you with patience and be able to surround you with the right people to get you strong again. He wants to rehab his relationship with you. The next thing that happens after a cut from God is restitution. What is restitution? Is when you God gives you back and then some what you have lost. At the beginning of the story of Job, we know he lost all of his wealth. He lost his children. He lost everything but his life. He even lost his health. But the Bible says that at the end of the story, Job received back twice. Not just what he had. He recovered twice because that's the God that we have. We have the God of adding on. Amen. And he said he received back twice all he had lost. And it says that his daughters were even more beautiful than before, that even they came into inheritance, which was really weird in those times. And he lived up to see up to the fourth generation. He saw his children's 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 children. You know, we started talking about a scrape and a scrape is an unplanned event that interrupts your movement, but does not disrupt your destination. But a planned godly cut will cause you to stop on your way, take a pause and yield to his process of restoration so that he can rehab you with new strength so that you can enjoy the restitution for a longer period of time with a depth of gratitude, attitude, thanking him daily for your godly cup. May God bless you. This is all I have for today. This is all God gave you for today. This is your host, Juan Marquez. Until next time, God bless. And remember, remain rooted in faith.